Kathy. Yes? Are you ready to pretend that you heard a new jingle? Okay. I have nine condoms on my dick. I have my doubts that you're a chick. But I'm drunk and I have five bucks. Behind this dumpster we'll find love. I'll plug my nose, I'll stick it in. You'll get your rock, I'll score my jizz. Transaction done, no need to kiss. Crackhead loving quick. Oh my God, that was the most amazing song you've ever written in your life. (laughs) (laughs) When do you hear it? Let's start a show. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted podcast. I'm not. I'm not woohooing after having to listen to you. No, you woohoo. Woohoo. (laughs) That was a very unenthusiastic woohoo. It was a brat woo. Whatever brat woo. (laughs) Fucking brat woo's your new name. Shut up, brat woo. Uh. Oh my God. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording live from a too bright Thursday night for Boogie, I'm Kathy. I am not Boogie Kathy. I'm in front of the Starbucks <laughs> to get the free Wi-Fi. I literally have white grocery outlet plastic bags in the windows to like block up. Like literally, if I if I looked homeless before, I look. So- Super homeless now. Like it's just these white plastic bags. People are like, wow, but they get it. The sun's blaring right in and I can't see anything. So uh you can't see anything on your laptops. For those of you who don't know, uh California has a daylight savings and all of a sudden it's six o'clock and it's bright as noon oh, and Boogie can't see his laptop. God damn it. So now we're gonna have to start recording later and get into the zone. But it's better. I think perverted podcast is more of a nighttimey kind of dirty, dark thing. Like we used to record. Oh, it definitely. Yeah, is. we used to record late, and it was like all scandalous with girls and stuff. I have been on the phone, Kathy, like I'm, with women, huh? On the phone with women. Well, yeah, women and dudes and and people and just trying to reconnect with people. And I think about people, and then I, you know, I want to say you know, something nice to them because they're awesome and whatever. And so I've been reaching out to people and just trying to make more of a habit instead of just thinking about myself and how pathetic I am, you know, and and it's just, if there's, if you're having a bad day, get out of yourself and just reach out to someone you think is awesome and just tell them they're awesome. You know, it's not hard. There are a lot of, a lot of our listeners are awesome. Like Mel. Yes. Oh my God. You don't know how awesome Mel is. You don't know. Oh, how awesome. <laughs> so I talked to Mel today for a little bit because she's like, I had to talk to you because I had a dream about you. Uh-oh. And it wasn't a bad dream. She's pretty dedicated to her, sir, which is good because, you know, I put a block up there so she doesn't lust for me, you know, because she's got a solid uh-huh. thing with her dude. Because, you know, pretty much all women that I don't put a block on want my cock on. That's that's how it works. So, but and how do, how do you put said block on? Did you just see that? I just blocked literally two hundred thousand women right there, and I'm not surprised. And you are one of them. <laughs> so I'm talking. Yay! <laughs> you've been blocked. What do you want me, Kathy? Is that what it is? You secretly wish you could have I'm, my cock. I'm very happy. I'm blocked. Thank you. Okay. Well, very good. There. 
It's efficient. Win-win. Fucking, big, fucking woo brat. Shut up, woo brat. So I'm talking to Mel and she's telling me, you know, we start talking about movies and whatever. And I am legend. And she doesn't like zombie movies because they give her dreams. But then she had this, <laughs> she had this one zombie dream. She's like, but yeah, they didn't eat people. They ate shit. What? Shit eating zombies. <laughs> What? So you weren't scared because they were going to eat you. You were afraid they were going to bite you. And then you were going to have to eat poop. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we start going on. She starts laughing. I'm all, are you fucking kidding me? She's all, yeah. And I'm like, you shit eating zombie. And I'm like, that's a great like insult name. Oh, no. And so we start and I'm like, shit eating zombie, motherfucker. And then I realized, and I've talked about this on the show, if you want to test what's a good name to call someone, like a good insult name, you can use almost anything as long as you put fucking in front of it. And I'm like, it works with anything. Hmm. And I'm all, you fucking wet roll of toilet paper. And it works. Yeah. It kind of works. If you put fucking in a little bit of intent, like you could point at anything. You fucking empty Starbucks coffee cup, fucking asshole. Add fucking oh. asshole at the end. Almost anything. I want to try. I okay, want to try. Okay, something and just do it with intention. You fucking flame retardant blanket. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It does. It totally works. So Mel is giggling because I'm just pointing at everything in storage. I'm like, you fucking jack-jack necklace, what the fuck's wrong with you? And you just keep that intention, and we're just laughing, pointing at shit, and I'm all, you have to do one. And she's like, she starts getting all giggly. She's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I'm like, Mel, just point at something and say fucking, and then say it. And this goes on for five minutes, and I go, believe in yourself. This now becomes like a point of training. I'm like fucking oh, no. Sifu master and she's like fucking Padawan and I'm going to get her to fucking break past her giggles and insecurity and tell the joke. And all of a sudden, you know, cause Mel's very shy and giggly and all of a sudden out of nowhere, she goes, you fucking pile of dirty laundry. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, that's amazing. <laughs> Because that's actually an insult. Because when you see a pile of dirty laundry, you can say so many things, you lazy fucking. Because when you see a pile of dirty laundry, what do you think? Why didn't that motherfucker fucking clean the laundry? Uh huh. You know, so that was the best joke of the day. Mel just fucking dug deep. She pulled out, you fucking pile of dirty laundry. Go fucking get a job. Go do something. I can't believe you. Don't you? I, I, you know, you're just sitting in the storage shed all day, yelling shit out, insulting your belongings. <laughs> Are the people around you wondering what the hell is going on? Come on, you fucking used green tea bag. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they hear me all day long. And then I open the door and I'm like, hello. <laughs> they just like very quickly turn back to their shit. Oh, my God. So what did you do this week? Please tell me that there was some sort of fucking dick that shoved in you somewhere. There was a dick shoved in me, man. Good. And in both orifices that I enjoy. What? <laughs> and there was a, a goodly amount of spanking because I have... A big fucking mouth, man. I can't <laughs> keep quiet. No. And, and some... Hey! I know you don't know this about me, but I, I mouth off and, I, and it's usually 
an acerbic or sarcastic comment. And sometimes they just fly out of my fucking mouth. That, I can't stop them. That is the weirdest, weirdest thing, Catherine. Isn't it? You would never have thought it of me. You wouldn't have known. You've been such a woo angel for for the last six years. So you mouthed uh, off well, and you whapped your ass. A whole bunch of times. And and he gets this gleam in his eye. Because I honestly, I'm not, I'm actually, there's a little bit of joke in what I'm saying. But there is an almost inability I have when something happens and I'm in that mood to keep my fucking mouth shut. And sometimes I realize it when I'm halfway through saying something and I look over and he's looking at me and he's making his way over to me. I'm all, no, no, no. (laughs) He just, and he loves it and I love it. So we have a great time. It's hilarious, but I also find it. I don't, I find it annoying because I don't like it when there are parts of my life that are, out of my control and that seems to be one of them i get around that fucking man and i start getting sarcastic and just going oh well excuse me your highness and i can't stop it and so (laughs) no wonder he sticks with you uh i know that's fucking funny you got to go to brat anonymous or something i do hi my name's kathy and my life has become bratty unmanageable hi kathy You'll get a welcome chip and you'll be all, what the fuck is this? <laughs> well, got to take that chip away. <laughs> you take the, give us the chip back. Sit down. Try again <laughs> later. It last, lasted five minutes. <laughs> Do they have a five minute chip? They have like 30 day chip and a 60 day chip. Do they have a five minute chip? They actually do. There are some meetings. It's a black chip and they're all 10 minutes. You've survived 10 minutes. Congratulations. Here's a reward. That would totally be me. Oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. That Let's get into some magic. All right. Fed life is the place where unicorns play, but then they fuck each other in the ass with their horns because that's the kind of freaky shit that happens on Fed Life. Well, Kathy, I guess now we will try another attempt. Hopefully this segment will have slightly better sound than the rest of the show. Well, it couldn't have worse sound. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't jinx it. Oh, shoot. I keep forgetting about Jesus the Christ. podcast jinx. Jesus Christ. By the way, Perverted Podcast, I know the last 12 minutes that you heard, the audio was really bad because my Zencaster changed it to my laptop mic and we didn't know it until after. So, But after this segment, it'll go right back to me sounding shitty again. Oh so God. let's call this the... But it's an important topic, so I would like us to sound clear. Yeah. Kathy, would you proceed with our lovely Fet Life topic? Yes. Seductive poetry has very, very nicely granted us permission to discuss his boast entitled The Most Important Status Update Anyone Can Ever Make. And when I read, first of all, that title, I'm all, oh, man, I wonder what it is. This is going to be either really good or really horrifying to read. So he says, I, seductive poetry, have herpes. I contracted it from a partner about a year ago. I thought my sex life was over. I figured no one would want to have anything to do with me because of the stigma the STI carries. You oftentimes hear the words nasty and trashy associated with herpes, but this is usually furthest from the truth. At least, it definitely is in my case. Neither I nor my partner were or are nasty or trashy. We're not promiscuous either. 
I take the necessary precautions when engaging with a new partner. I always make them aware of my status and my potential risks. I offer them links to literature so that they can have a completely informed decision when we proceed. This is the part that makes me a bit nervous though, because once the information of your status is out there, it becomes public knowledge for anyone to share as they please, which is unsettling to say the least. But I felt that it was time to divulge this information. Up until this point, I have been very transparent about my information, but this is something different. In the past, I've had people use information I posted here against me, going so far as to message vanilla friends with my information. It was only with the help of some very special women in my life that I was able to muster up the guts to share this with the rest of you. I seductive poetry have herpes, and it's not the end of the world. God damn, bravo, drop the mic, pick up the mic, drop it again. I want to pick it up and drop it a gazillion times because I got to tell you, this man has the kind of guts that I don't think I have. Really? It is. Yes, I re- really, to, it's one thing, I know it sounds crazy, but the, the internet is crazy and we're crazy. So you have different perceptions and you agree to some things, even though they don't make sense and, and decide not to do other things because they, they make no sense. And so I'm talking about, I've talked about my herpes, which is only herpes one on my mouth. I get cold sores and I've talked about it on the show. So I know lots of people have heard it. But there's something about posting it online where it will live pretty much forever and where any, anybody can read it. And as he says, in his case in particular, he's had people use what he's written on FetLife uh, against him and, and given it out to his vanilla friends. That It's a completely different animal. And it really, it puts the fear of God into me. I am so frightened of writing something that someone can pull and then show it to people I know because it's, I feel like it's out of my control. And you know what? He's absolutely fucking right. I don't care how enlightened this society is. I don't care how much information is out there that we have access to, where we all know that so many people have herpes and that it's manageable in this day and age. When you hear herpes and you see a cold sore on someone or you imagine it somewhere on their body, you do think trashy. He is 100% right. And so that stigma seems to have legs. It does. It just is not going away. So I, I applaud him tremendously. And I think it's – I mean – it's amazing. It's fucking amazing as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Kathy, first off, stop yes. being so goddamn hyper-testicles. Uh, hyper-testicles? Yes. You're being hyper-testicles. <laughs> first off, you in four minutes have monologued the complete fear <laughs> from doing what is absolutely right, which is understandable because it's a real feel. When I call you, by the way, when I call you hyper-testicles, that's my new thing instead of calling someone a pussy. Because testicles are more sensitive than pussies, and I like pussies, so we're now going to start a new thing. That's like vagizin. Stop being so testicles, Kathy. Stop being testicles. Oh my! So that's your 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 attempt at saying you're a fucking whip. Get off the fucking floor. That's but be exactly, nice and funny about it. <laughs> exactly what I'm saying uh, uh, about this, and I'll say why. You represent a large, uh, probably majority of the opinions about embracing your disabilities or obstacles or challenges physically 
that people have. You are absolutely correct about the stigma that surrounds herpes 2 and even herpes 1. It is absolutely understandable. But I'm going to come from the complete other angle. And that angle is, is there is power in putting in people's face, this is who I am. You can't hurt me with this information anymore because it's now out to everybody. I'll use the example of my erectile dysfunction that I have talked about on the show ad nauseum and made jokes and jokes. And I have songs about my limp dick and I have power because you can't hurt me if I've taken ownership of this. And this poster has taken ownership of his skin condition. And that's all herpes is. It's a fucking skin condition. Oh yeah. You know, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about that I, of course, did research. I've done lots of research. I've had lots of experience in and out and surrounded with herpes, too. It's a skin condition. At least the, the statistics are for type one, like you have, like you got from your fucking relatives. By the way, stop letting your fucking relatives slobber all over your babies mm-hmm. because that's where herpes one cold sores mostly comes from. And I forget what who was on the show that said that, but she said that, and my mind was just blown. And I'm like, that is why millions of babies get herpes. I always had cold sores because your fucking gross fucking Aunt Edna slobbered all over your face while she had a cold sore. So that's okay. That's a rant. <laughs> wait, wait, and then and then you grow up into adulthood, and you go down on somebody, and you give them herpes too, or you give them herpes one on their genitals. Genital herpes. Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even know that that was possible, but that's crazy. All right, go ahead. Well, here's there's so many facts. Literally for type two herpes, it's it's anywhere between twelve percent and one in four. One in four. Let's just say it's the twelve percent. That means one out of eight. One out of eight people listening to this show right now. We got about a thousand people a week. That's a hundred and twenty. That's about 120, wait, 8, 12, yeah, 12, about 120. <laughs> Shut up! I'm not testicles! That means 120 of our listeners right now have fucking type 2 herpes. And half of them have type 1. I know I have type 1. I, I test for it. Um, I, I have still, surprisingly, I've been with, um, in my younger days, I had two partners that I knew of. That had type two, and of course, I was young and stupid and didn't give a fuck. And that was long, that was 25, 30 years ago. We didn't understand about viral shedding and the percentages and stuff like that. It was just like, oh, okay, if you don't have bumps, then you know, then we'll we'll just we'll fuck. Yeah. Um, and I never got it. I've had multiple multiple tests since. I had one scare. I don't know if you remember the scare. It was pre-show. And and this was horrible. And this is why I'm passionate about ownership of this to the point, because if we continue to own this and we have more people that come forward and say this is normal. Yeah, of course. Nobody nobody wants to get anything that creates an obstacle to you physically. And obviously we have work to do on it socially. So nobody wants that. 
But the more we talk about it and the more we normalize, it's just a skin condition. It is not some monster that crawls all over your body. And then all of a sudden, like the ant zombies, like all of a sudden you're controlled and you're going to spit out fucking scabs of fucking toxicity onto people. Ew. This, well, that I mean, literally, that's what people stigmatize this as. Of course. It sounds like a, a horror it's movie. It's no different than what, psoriasis or eczema. Ex, 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 how do you say that? Eczema. Because I have it. I have lizard foot. <laughs> I've talked about lizard foot. My And it's embarrassing. I keep a sock on because my foot has been shedding like lizard, flaky, ugly skin for 20 years. And we just call it lizard foot, you know, and I have to de- and it's embarrassing because I used to think I had good feet, you know, and, and now, you know, one of them sheds like a like literally like I rub the bottom of my foot. It's like a fucking snow globe. I think that you're more embarrassed about that than if you had herpes. Well, because I'm 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 knowledge more knowledgeable about herpes than what the fuck's <laughs> going on with my foot. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is it? You know, so it's lizard foot, but you embrace it like this guy, like this poster. You embrace yeah. it and we make it normal because the amount of people that have it is you can't ignore that number. And you can't call 12% of humanity a whore because as hard as I try to make the world a whore with me. Most people are not fucking trashy whores, but somehow they still got herpes. Right. Because it's easy to transfer. And that's what we need to deal with, the fact that it's a skin condition. It is uncomfortable. There can be some dangers with it, with pregnancy and childbirth. And, you know, but it's not the end of the world. It is not because there's so many of us that have that. Right. You let you you just you said viral shedding. Let's let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, I didn't know that. You, you didn't know about that. Ten <laughs> yeah. percent of the time, you are um, what is called viral shedding, and that means that at certain times the virus sheds and releases particles into the system that are still contagious, and you don't know when it is. You don't know when viral shed. You can see when there's a bump or a sore, but you don't know. Viral shedding, you know, works its way internally outward. And sometimes you don't even know. You don't have a bump, but you're still contagious at that time. And so they don't know how to figure out when that happens. Maybe there's someday there'll be a swab or something that'll show you. Which is important because up until this point, this I'm going to say that this is a viral shedding when it comes to herpes is a relatively a new information that has come out. I'm going to say relatively because since herpes has been around for so long, we've been hearing about it for a while. And up until a, a short while ago, we were always told you're fine as long as you don't have an open sore. That's right. the point where you're contagious. And then suddenly we started hearing about viral shedding and that it's possible to pass the virus on when you don't even know you're contagious, which we're used to when it comes to colds, but we're not used to when it comes to herpes. Quite frankly, it was my one saving grace is 
I'm not having a cold sore. I've had them often enough throughout the course of my life because I've had them since I was a kid that I know when I can feel them starting to come on. And then I tell whatever partner I'm with, all right, back off because I can feel one coming on. Right. But then I, you know, I keep up on the the whole herpes thing and I was reading about that. I'm like, oh, fuck me. God damn it. Now I, I don't even know when I'm going to You, you don't know. And, that, and that's, I think, if you're going to be honest about feelings, that's that's a more legitimate stigma is that herpes makes it, there's an element that you don't know. And so there's always an underlying risk. Obviously, it's not a complete risk because I like I said, I, I had I've had a couple partners that I know of. I've been with a lot of partners. So I'm sure if it's 12 percent, then knowing or unknowing, I've probably been with other people and I still test negative. You kind of have to bullshit when you're getting the tests, at least on the free level. I go to the, all the free clinics. You kind of have to tell them, hey, um, I had sex with somebody that let me know they have type 2 herpes, so I need to test for it because they don't want to test for it. I guess it's cost more or something. No, yeah, that's a good thing you bring that up. I had that on my list. When it comes to testing, a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to get the full STI panel and then I'll be good. And they show the sheet to their partner and they're like, see, I'm good. But the, most people don't realize that you don't get automatically tested for herpes. You have to ask for yeah, it. Yeah, you have to ask for it. And in the and in the clinics kind of sent, you know, you kind of have to bullshit. At least I do um, and say. And then they don't argue with you. They're just all, okay, you know, whatever. Um, but if you have a regular HMO you know, insurance, whatever you have, um, you can, you can tell them you want that and they'll give it to you. Um, Mm -hmm. but the, but it is true. And now I'll kind of segue. I'm, I'm so hot on this topic and so inspired. And, and I got to thank our poster. I got to thank our poster for that because his bravery to be open about it and talk about it generates an excitement for information in others. And that is one right. of the things. And nobody wants to be a champion for something they don't want. But that's just a reality. You have it. And are you going to own it? I fucking sing about erectile dysfunction. It's the most humiliating, emasculating fucking thing in my world. More than anything else. I don't want to have a limp fucking dick. I don't want to have to take Viagra, which puts me at risk for heart attacks and strokes. So I can fucking do the thing that is my favorite thing to do in life. But that's the fucking cards, kiddo. That's how life treated me. I could have died in a bomb when I was fucking nine years old in in a war-torn country. So I made it to 52, and this is one of the things I have to deal with. But by doing that, it empowers you and it empowers the people around you to also be brave. And it's a champion you may not want to be. But once you start seeing we had a listener who was a partner of ours and I wanted I tried to call uh, yesterday to talk to them about it um, because we were partners with them. Fucking I love this woman. She is so fucking she is just sexy inside and out, and she's got a great mind, and she's a lot of fun, and she's so cool. And then we stopped seeing her for about a year and a half, and then she came kind of back, and I talked to her, and I said, so what, you know, what have you been up to? And she's all, well, 
getting herpes, apparently. Mm-hmm. And she was in the like the early stages of that discovery. She had a partner. I don't remember if she knew who did it or not. But now she has herpes too. And that does create a conflict. I'm not going to say, I mean, Mew and I, you know, talked about, and Mew is very adamant. If someone is, I love them dearly, but we can't have sex. And, and she doesn't want to be with somebody that has sex with people that knowingly have type two. This is a real thing because. Oh, I know. That's the. That's a sad part of all of this is uh, we're applauding him and we we really try the, the poster and we really try and, and advocate for that. And the problem is, though, the problem is always going to be that when you are open with partners, you have to accept that sometimes those partners are just going to say, I'm out. Thank you for the information. But I don't think I want to chance that. And that that type of rejection it's not fun. No. It fucking sucks to be rejected for something that you have no control over. It happened to you. You you didn't seek this out. You didn't do anything wrong. And so that's something you have to come to terms with. You and I, Boogie, I'm glad that you brought up how, you're, how you deal with your erectile dysfunction is you're going to put it out there because now it's out there. It can't hurt you. You you can't be hurt by yeah, it. Yeah, they can make all the jokes else. they want. They're funny. I get it. It's and you got to laugh at, at at the shit that happens to you. And that's something that you and I very much have in common. It's one of the things that we bond over is our uh, cynical co- uh, sense of humor in which we we both deal with the very tough topics in life by joking about them in the most caustic way and a lot of people don't understand us and there are there are very few people in my life that I can turn to in order to deal with the, the shit sometimes of my life that happens sometimes and, and discuss in that way, because that's how I deal with it mm. is I need to be able to say it and laugh about it. And so I'll say, you know, I'm just fat, old, ugly, and broke. That's who I am. That's how I deal with the fact that my body isn't behaving the way I want it to behave mm. and growing old sucks. And, I can't seem to get out of some of the situations I'm in. And that's the way I do it. And if you can't deal with it, there is a significant portion of my life I'm not going to share with you because that's how I deal uh, with with tough shit like this. I, it's, it's, it's something that you – tough things like this, you have to find a way of dealing with them because life happens to you. As you say, we're not living in a – worse situation like a lot of people on this planet. But this kind of thing can really uh, fuck with you. and. And finding a way to deal with the rejection that happens when you confront a partner and they say, I'm out, is is part of this. I wish someone else wrote a post about it because it's a very real thing. You're right, Boogie. Just like, like you, if, if someone was honest with me and said, I have genital herpes, I would not have sex with them, especially now when I have found out about viral shedding, because that makes it even harder to determine if you're in, in danger of getting it. Well, here's the, the good news uh, about this. If there is good news and, and good news is adaptability and good news is taking control and being a champion of your own obstacles. We already deal with rejection by being kinky, by being polyamorous. 
So I'm used to rejection all the time. And I understand that the amount of people that I'm going to be able to play with are going to be very, very specific. So in in that sense, I can kind of understand the rejection and the fear of rejection because there's a lot of people that I've met and I'm like, this person is amazing. And they're like, ew, kink, no. Ew, you know, mental illness, no. Ew, homeless person, no. Ew, any number of things that we do creates an environment for rejection. And this is one to throw on top of it. And it's and it has a lot of stigma, that which obviously now we're trying to to reduce. But there but you have 12 percent of people that have herpes, too, which will understand what it's like because they have it as well, too. There are dating sites for uh, herpes positive people. There are groups, there are endless groups online. It is now becoming more understood that lots and lots of people have this. So as we keep moving forward to normalize it, the options and the rejection rate is going to be less. And there are a lot of people that do still have sex with you. There are still a lot of partners that still say, I'm going to have, I mean, I was told by two different partners and I still did. So I think it sucks. There's nothing that doesn't suck about any physical obstacle you have and surely not something that has the potential for rejection. But that's where the ownership comes in. I don't ever have to worry. I don't ever have to worry about when am I going to announce what date? Is it the first date, the second date? Before my dick comes out that I have erectile dysfunction and that there may be difficulties and sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it's not and it's going to be kind of humiliating. We got to make jokes and we'll do other things and we can work our way around it. No, it's tough. It's tough. This is a a tough subject. We could go on for quite a while and I'm going to say, even though we've said it twice already, here's number three. Bravo to Seductive Poetry for having written this and thank you so much for allowing us to discuss it. I never talked about my herpes fantasy. Oh God. Well, it's in the same it's in the same kind of reign as my other things. Like if I because I'm not gonna stop being a whore, I'm gonna keep having sex, which means there's a chance that I'm going to get type two herpes before I die. So if I did, I would hope that I would embrace it. The same way that I've embraced everything else. I'll put it on a fucking cape with it, put an H on the front, be Captain fucking Herpes and look for every fucking person that is positive for type two and go and be the whore that I am without, you know, putting anyone in danger and not having to deal with as much bullshit. Captain Herpes, really? Captain Herpes. I swear to God, I wish we had a listener who knew how to draw, not even well, draw a fucking stick figure for all I care. And because I, I want to see someone draw you in a cape. <laughs> I'll be, Leah will make me a cape. She's fucking makes awesome capes. And I would oh go God. and start speaking and, you know, whatever. And I know that seems insensitive to people that have herpes too, because they're like, you don't know. Obviously, I had an instance. Okay, this is, this is the closest I got to a positive 
on herpes too. And I don't, and this is what I was going to talk about before. I had a partner very young, very young. And this was like eight years ago. Like literally she was like 18, 19 years old. Um, checked her ID. She was legal. Um, uh-huh. And we had been playing for a little while and we started having sex. She came back and I guess it's important. I should have talked about this before. She came back and said, I just tested positive for type two herpes and you gave it to me. <gasps> Cause I haven't been with anyone in like a year. I, I had one other guy and he tested negative or what, whatever you gave it to me. Oh, and I, I was, I believe it was before the show and I was with Abyss and we were Polly and I don't even think we had gotten in a relationship yet. And I, so I said, this is what's happening. I was very obviously sad and not just sad that I might now have type two herpes, but also sad that I might've given it to this young person who now their whole life, blah, blah, blah. And let me tell you, Kathy, this person did not hold back in repeat because like through the whole process of testing, um, which was about a month or six weeks, it was almost daily contact on the phone of this person sometimes being, you know, positive and sometimes literally telling me, I fucking hate you. You ruined my life. And I had to take it. I figured if I gave this person herpes, then I got to let her vent. And so she would, you know, positive, whatever. And it's, I fucking hate you. I can't believe you did this to me. I know you tried to talk nice and supportive, but fucking blah, 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 blah. And then sometimes she would be like, I'm just, you know, I, I don't know how I'm going to deal with my life. And it's this whole process that I've heard other people when they get herpes go through. And I was going through it thinking my life is now has been altered and I'm going to have to reinvent myself. So finally the test came back and it was negative. I wasn't the one that gave it to her. I've had like 15, 20 some tests in the, in since, and they've all been negative. And I showed her the test and I said, I am so sorry that you tested positive, but this is my test. It has my name on it. This is it. You I'll bring you to the doctor and I'm sorry and then it was kind of weird because then after that, she kind of turned. She's like, OK, well, like, let's fuck and whatever. And I'm like, you told me you hated me and I ruined your life like two days ago. I'm really not that hot for you right now. <laughs> and she got super pissed. And that's the last I ever heard her. Boy, so she I have to say that uh, on the w- one side of this coin is that uh, you're you're feeling bad that that you did this to someone and that you're being rejected. But on the other side is the cruel and I'm going to say out of proportion uh, response from this girl, because it's one thing to be upset. And clearly, you know, you said she was young, so I get it. When you're young, you don't yet know how, how to deal with the tough things that life throws at you. But to say this is your fault. You ruined my life. Yeah, I don't. Really, You'd, if you I, if you had had, I know, but I I understand that you. I had said earlier. I'm going to add this caveat because I had said earlier you have to prepare yourself for the rejection of someone. It's one thing to prepare for the rejection. It's another to sit there and cower in front of somebody who is berating you. If someone does that to you and blames you for it. 
that's a bit different, and that's not something I would sit still for. I, I didn't. I didn't cower, victim, Kathy. I no, accepted, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about that, the average person who would get this kind of of. This isn't about you. You gave me an example, and I want to say that in reference to what I said earlier, in which you have to learn how to deal with the rejection of someone, it is one thing to deal with the rejection of someone saying, thank you for telling me that, but I no longer want to have sex with you. I don't even want to entertain the thought. It is another to feel that you have to sit there and listen to somebody berate you. If that happens to you, my anybody listening, my suggestion would be know when to draw the line. because. Somebody who gets herpes is just as much as victim as the person you just gave it to. And you had no more say in it than they did. So there is a limit, in my opinion, as to how much shit you should take from someone who is pissed off that they just got herpes from you. So that's all I'm saying. This actually has nothing to do with you. It just reminded me because you gave me that example that I have been in situations in the past where I'm fully willing to take the brunt of the anger of somebody uh, because it's healthy, but I have th- I have realized in life that there is a definite line beyond which I'm not willing to take anyone's shit anymore. You, you had your say, now walk away because you've now crossed over into harm. And that's just a lesson that I learned. I thought it might be. I think, well, and that's what I did after, you know, I, I tolerated the hatred throughout the month or so until the test was. And then after that, I, you're not going to hate me anymore. And, and (laughs) she was still mad. So she left. Um, so I, I agree with that, that there is a certain amount of time, but I also think that being understanding as much as you can and letting someone blow off steam. I mean, it felt bad, but I knew it, it wasn't my intention to harm someone. If that would have been me doing that, so, um, yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a, this is a heavy topic. We spent quite a bit of time because I think it needs that time to discuss. Well, it. I agree. And here's one thing about the partner that I swear to God, I love her so much. She's so awesome. And it is frustrating to how this is going to pan out over the years, uh, of our friendship. But one of the things that's important to mention that I don't think you even know, um, this particular partner who you've met a few times, she said one of the ways that she was able to cope, she was a perverted podcast fan before I met her. Like she was the closest thing to a fangirl that I've ever had ever. Like when I first met her, she's like, I listened to the show. I love the show. I'm kind of a fangirl. And she was like really cool. And we hung out a lot and then we became partners and she came into the love lab and, and it was amazing. And when she got herpes, she said, I thought my life was over. And I heard Fee talk about her herpes and normalize it, which was way, obviously way back in the first 16 episodes, which is why we're totally overdue to talk about a herpes episode. Um, And she said, just hearing her say, I'm okay. I'm still sexual. My life goes on. You deal with it. You make, you adapt, you reinvent yourself. And then you just start enjoying your life again under the, under the parameters that you set for yourself. She said that is what helped her become strong for herself. 
Right. And so I, I don't think you ever heard that. And when I heard that, I was like, first on, right on Fee. Um, Fee's a rock goddess for that, being open about that. But it really does show that the more we talk about it and the more we normalize it and say this is just something shitty that happens, the more we'll get to this point to where nobody's shamed for it anymore. Stuff we need to tell you about. Podcast news. Okay, so I got this. We don't normally do a lot of PP reports, and it's not that we don't have a lot of news when it comes to perverted podcasts, but I think Boogie, you and I just get lazy and we just talk about it and we don't actually put a banner headline in front of it. By the way, we're about to do a PP report. We just start yapping, 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 talking about stuff that's going on. This time I decided let's do it the right way. So you know that somebody, uh, Glycerin Queen, posted on our perverted podcast group on FetLife saying that uh, 404, she's getting a 404 whenever she clicks our website, pervertedpodcast.com. Oh, yeah. And she put a little sad face and Enigma, bam, right off, just writes and says, hey, they're linked on a sticky here. The website will be down for a while. While it points to my um, ineptitude as uh, a podcast hosts that I have no idea our site is down and I don't even know what's happening to it which I think is pretty sad well, let me give you some I information least, I have to at least thank Enigma to, for uh, writing that but I will before you give the information right. I do want to do a little PSA that is that we've talked about this not that frequently but on our perverted podcast group on FetLife if you click on it right away you are going to be just inundated with the the sheer volume of sticky notes that we put up there. And we do it for a reason because we don't want people to have to wade through one or two stickies in which all the information is under there. So we have a bunch of them in which if you want to see uh, what FetLife uh, stuff topics we've been discussing, there's one called FetLife stuff post links. There's one right at the top that says social enigma segment articles, everything from here's, uh, boogies uh, stuff, uh, music to hear the vocabulary videos we did in the past. Everything is up there. It is kind of like a one-stop shop for all things perverted podcasts where you can easily find the links and not have to drive yourself freaking crazy trying to figure out where all this stuff is. So there you go. If you're having problems, go to Perverted Podcast Group on FetLife.com. Thank you for your public service announcement. <laughs> yuck, 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 Kathy. <sighs> Uh, oh my God! You you're being like so <laughs> hyper testicles. I just want everyone to I, note the time I, and date because it comes from the Betty uh, Davis joke, and I'm pretty sure it was Betty Davis who we all love because she's fucking balls. Um, that she's like, why do people call people pussies? Pussies can take a pounding, and they're fucking great. Balls are like hypersensitive and fragile. And I'm like, how? Do, and we've never worked it into our vernacular to get away from calling people pussies and to start just saying you're being testicle. Stop being oh so I testicles. Think we, I think we need to stop, start saying that from now on boogie. When you're, you're, you're acting that way, I'm going to say, stop being so testicle. So you got to say testicles, I think, because that's stop just being one so testicles. Yeah. Cause it's not proper okay. grammar, which makes oh it funnier. God. And you're telling me about proper grammar. And there's two balls in most, <laughs> except for Dell. Dell has one, which by the way, I remember how excited he was when like five women in the love lab were like, we want to see. <laughs> oh my God. Dumb, I wanted know. to literally go and get a fucking spork <laughs> and dig out one of my nuts 
because what a fucking game. What a game. Hi, I only have one testicle. Oh, my God, I want to see that. Well, what are you going to do for me? I'm a whore. I'm like, that is brilliant. It's like the Monty Python where the guy cut off his own foot so he could get more money begging. Oh, my God. Fucking brilliant. Cut off your own testicle. (laughs) Cut off one testicle just so you can be like, I only have one testicle. It was brilliant. Fucking go... Godell, haven't talked to him in a while. But here's the problem with the website. There is no problem with the website other than it's just the same turdnado death spiral, people saying they're going to help and then ghosting, which Kathy and I have experienced ad nauseum at Threshold. Mm -hmm. I've experienced this now for literally 20 years. I built my first giant fucking expensive website in 2001 and i have not stopped having 100 percent problems with webmasters 100 percent, and this is no different so we have no website we have a website now i canceled like why because no one's going to it because somebody once again came in i want to help you guys and i let this person in and they made some changes And our already small audience that we have literally cut down to a third of the size because they ghosted me before we finished the other things that were supposed to hopefully make us more seeable in the search engines. So we went from like 500 views a month to like 120. And now it's down to like 50. So that is fucking amazing to me. It will, I, I swear to God, Boogie, I am still bewildered about this. You're right. You and I have experienced this. With when we were involved with Threshold and now with Proverbial Podcast, the amount of people who will write to us and say, I'm an expert. I have, I not only have the expertise, but I have the time and the desire to help you guys. I'm in it for the long haul. What can I do for your website? Here's what I want to do. I want to do this, this, and that. We let them in, and it always, always comes leaves. out bad. They yes. always leave. Horrible. I, it's just, it's and amazing then they start me. building something. Like in Threshold, it was horrible. They would come in, re- they would talk shit endlessly. Oh, the last webmaster was a complete fucking piece of shit. And I'm going to redo it all this way. And then they do all this work, their own personal work. And then they're like, oh, I got another job. I'm sorry. I don't have time to do this. I got a girlfriend. I'm moving away. I got a boyfriend. I'm like, whatever of the thousand excuses. Then the next webmaster would come in and go, oh, my God, this person's a fucking idiot. I can do it so much better. I don't know what it is about pissing contests and egos and webmasters. (laughs) But fuck, dude, it's rampant. It's rampant. I'm like, I don't care. I just want to be on a search engine. So I killed perverted podcast. That we were paying, you know, 150 bucks, 200 bucks a year because no one's going to it because it's not on any search engines. And I just made it a one page. Literally just here's the show. Here's a place to email us. Here's a mission statement. There you go. Go listen. Go, go listen. And that's, that's it. It costs nothing. It's free with all the domains that I own. So if you go and you get the 404 message. Just hit refresh and it'll pop up the new site because the DNS has to reroute. And so what it's doing is it's routing to the old site that's not there. And so you just need to reroute it to the new page. There's the technical thing, which I should never have had to know about. Mm -hmm. I'm an entertainer. I'm not supposed to know this stuff, but uh, I'm the talent. I'm the talent. There's supposed to be someone brilliant in that. This is why we (laughs) fail because I can only be brilliant in like three things. 
not 70. <laughs> we have a niche audience, Kathy. We, have, we do. They love us and they 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 hate us. Perverted mailbox. Yeah. Uh, we got a short little thing from Path Girl, our lovely Path Girl. Lovely Path Girl. Uh, who wrote to us. She is. And she says, Kathy, it broke my heart to hear about your stuffies. That sounds like an absolutely awful experience, and I'm sorry you had to go through it. I will not send a stuffy at your request, but I will send you lots of consensual, squishy, stuffy hugs. Love you guys. Moi. You know what, Path Girl? I will take consensual, squishy, stuffy hugs from you any day of the freaking week. Thank you so much. That made me feel really good. What would be even better is if she... No, don't. I knew it. What would be better is if she brought a, a bio bag and like pulled down an extra hand when she gave you the hug, you know, because she's pathologist assistant. She cuts up body parts all day and just put that Why do extra, you do it, like give you that hug. Why? And she gives you that hug oh. and then she takes the extra hand and puts it on the other shoulder. And you're like, why? I feel, I feel three hands on me and one of them's cold. <laughs> <laughs> Why you have to do that to me? I was getting consensual squishy stuffy hugs from Path Girl, and now you got to bring this in. It's like it. rotting human parts. Well, they don't have no; they're not rotting. Some of them are in formaldehyde, and so they smell like oh cucumber salad or eggs or something. Well, what about Thing from Adam's family? What about it? That could be Thing on your shoulder. <gasps> that is interesting. Yes. If, if I could have a thing, then it could sneak in under my covers yes, at night. Finger you. Uh, oh, uh, I like this a lot. <laughs> no hand in formaldehyde for me. No. Oh, I like it. You want thing from the Adams family. If if you're young, I do. And which none of our listeners are. If you're young. And you've never seen the Adams Family or the the more current movies with like what was it? Christina Ricci played Wednesday. She was amazing. Um, yeah. Gomez just died, I think. Uh, Angelica Houston played uh, Morticia, um, and that was the movies. Those right. were great movies. But then, of course, you go all the way back to the '60s uh, for the series. They had a hand that was just a hand, and it ran all over the house and did things. And it was apparently really smart and sarcastic for a hand. And that's why Kathy loves it that's, and wants to be fingered by it. I do. I want to be fingered by just this this bodiless hand. Oh, my God. This is getting me excited. This is a part of you I had never met, Kathy. Well, you know, there's like no guilt involved because nobody knows about it. It just comes into your room in the middle of the night and does its thing and you get a fabulous orgasm. And then you wake up and you don't have to face anything and you don't have to think about anything. <laughs> you just had a lovely <laughs> orgasm in the middle of the night. And you just see... All the way down the hall, little middle fingerprints. <laughs> just from exactly. little pussy juice fingerprints going down, going down the hall. <laughs> and people in, people in the house are like, what's that the stuff and you're on like, the floor? I don't know. Is there a dog? Dog ran through the house. I'd, but it's just one We finger. might have rats. <laughs> we have rats. But it's just two fingers. It's just two feet. Well, you know, I was a little tight last night. It's a little, it's a two-legged rat, I think. <laughs> squish, 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 squish. Yeah! 
But you might see at some point somebody else in a mommy or daddy role. Or you're the mommy. It's a long shot, but I could see it. Yeah, you're more the mom. That I see better. Yeah, I can see that more than I see myself calling anybody daddy. All right. Yeah. All right. One more show in the PP archives. That's the end of show number 303, which when you look at it sideways spells mom. Who knew? But it does. You know, that's the kind of useless shit that goes on in my mind, Boogie. Well, mom. And that the listeners have been forced to listen to. Well, you are the mom of the show, so this is your show, Kathy. Please write to us at pervertedpodcasts at gmail.com because Boogie and Lai really do enjoy hearing anything you have to say. You can also swing by the Perverted Podcast profile on fetlife.com. And as Boogie continues organizing and rearranging the Perverted Podcast storage space, my thoughts naturally turn to our wonderful Patreon supporters, without whom we would be recording with two cans and a string. Yes, Kathy, and a glorious echo those strings would get because uh, we, <laughs> we can't afford the string. We just have two cans. We would just clack out some Morse code and it would be good. No, we're not doing that bad. We're hanging in there. I'm so excited about this show and love you guys. And we'll see you next week, hopefully for show 304. Yay! me right in front of willing pussy limp dick why you breaking my heart down I cannot fake a raging boner cause it's not like This chick won't notice Here we go again, another awkward situation It gets worse every time Because I'm expecting it to happen again It's not like a woman's badge ever slams shut So I'm afraid she won't understand Then one day a very wise woman promised me she wouldn't judge me if I wanted to talk. I felt a lot better, and then I looked down, and there was a hot cock. And then I sodomized her. Listen up. 
booze and stress, booze and stress, obesity, obesity, all increase your odds, increase your odds. of having gimpy ween, gimpy, gimpy, flaccid, gimpy ween. It's time to make some changes, limp dick, we're gonna work it out. You bet your tits we will. I love you, limp dick, it's okay. We're gonna work it out. We're gonna work it out. I love you, Limp Dick. 